Our reading for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44, 45, and 46. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, I can say one thing very, very uh, confidently this morning as I stand here, and that is that it is very bright in this room. It is very bright, and we're at like half capacity here. Like we, we turn the lights down about halfway for this service. That's how bright it is in this space. And that's because, as many of you know, we redid the sanctuary lights a couple of weeks ago. That's why we were, you know, out in the gym worshiping at the beginning of the summer, because all of the lights in here were getting torn out and replaced, and we were getting new wiring, and we were moving lights, and, and we did all sorts of different things in order to make this room a little bit brighter, a little bit easier to see. And now, since we did that project, uh, every time I come in here into the sanctuary, I notice something different. Um, I noticed something that I had never noticed before. And so I'm going to point out a couple of these things, and I'm curious if, if y'all have noticed these as well. The first thing is that when I come into the sanctuary and all the lights are on, my eyes are drawn up. Now my eyes are drawn up. I used to walk in and just kind of look in, at what was in front of me, but now we have lights that go up on the ceiling. And I always knew that we had a pretty pine ceiling, um, but now that we have lights up there, you know, the light draws your eye up there, and you're like, you know what? That's a really nice feature that we have in our sanctuary here. Um, and as you're looking at the, uh, the ceiling, I'm going to point out something that you may never unsee. This is our original side of the sanctuary. When the sanctuary was built, we had it to about here. And if you look up at the pine ceiling, you can see that there are knots in the wood. There are the dark spots. If you cross over to the center aisle to the newer part of the sanctuary, there must have been a shortage of wood with, with knots because there are no knots in that pine. And now that the light is shining up there on the ceiling, drawing my eye up there, you know, I notice little things. Knots over here, no knots over here. Had anybody noticed that before? Anybody? Show of hands? Okay, so a few of you have knew that. Um, the other thing that I notice now is the difference in the bricks. There's a difference, and you guys are looking around like, what, what do you mean there's a difference in the bricks? There's a difference in the bricks. Again, old sanctuary, or old section, new section deal. If you look at the sanctuary on this side, the original side, you can see, like, if you look over here, there are, um, there are a couple different tones in the bricks, right? But then, if you look over here, you can see there are different tones in the bricks. It's very, very similar, but there's a little bit more contrast in the bricks over here. The darker bricks are a little bit darker. The lighter bricks are a little bit lighter. And now that we have, you know, proper lighting in this space, you start to notice things like that. Or, here's, here's a, a really unique one. I'm really excited that we got the lights done in here because it means that I get to preach from right here as opposed to right here. Because we used to have the lights configured in such a way and the, the crosses were hanging down about a foot and a half lower that if you stood right here, 
you would get a shadow on your face. And as somebody who likes to pace around while they preach, I would just walk around and be out of the shadow, in the shadow, out of the shadow, in the shadow. Another just, you know, small thing that the, the, the light changes in here, something that maybe you notice, maybe you don't notice. And these last couple of weeks, and first off, I know what you're thinking. If you're thinking, I'm never going to unsee this, I promise you, you will unsee it. Like, you will move on, you'll, you'll either move on or you'll forget all about it. And I don't want to um, point out the flaws in our sanctuary as much as I want to emphasize what light does. Light shows us things. Light illuminates things. Light draws our eyes into places that it, our eyes maybe weren't going to be drawn into otherwise. In these last couple of weeks, we have been in this sermon series called Let There Be Light. And this has been our way of unpacking the, uh, the parables of Jesus. Because in these parables, Jesus is shedding light on the kingdom of heaven. He begins all of these parables with, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven does this, or the kingdom of heaven does that. And it's his way of shedding light on the kingdom of heaven, getting us to see the kingdom differently, getting us to look at different aspects of his kingdom, getting us to notice different things about what the kingdom of heaven is like or what the kingdom of heaven does. And so we've been walking through these, these parables, and we're going to go through two more today, two parables, um, but they are connected. We're going to talk about the parable of the treasure hidden in the field and the parable of the pearl of great value. Jesus tells these two parables in only three verses. Two parables, three verses, all of 64 words. Jesus knocks it out of the park, which made me feel very silly when I typed up my sermon and was like, 2,000 words? Jesus did it in 64. So while he does it in only 64, we're going we're gonna to do it a little bit longer than that today. So these parables, a really easy way or a simple or good way to think about a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a story that Jesus tells us about something that happens here on earth, something that we can relate to, that's going to help us understand something about heaven, something about his kingdom. So today, let's get into our parables. The first one is the parable of the treasure hidden in the field that we just heard. The parable starts off with a, a man who's, who's out in the field, and while he's out in the field, he discovers a hidden treasure buried in the ground. And as he comes upon it, he's like, my goodness, look at, look at this treasure. Look at this treasure of great and immense value. And so after he finds it, he, he covers it back up, and he, he leaves it there. And then he goes home, and he gathers all of his possessions. And he takes all of his possessions, and he sells them. He takes the money from all of his possessions. He turns around, he goes back, and he buys the entire field. And when he buys the field, he buys the treasure then that comes with it. Now, a couple of questions. There's some questions about this that we just can't answer. Like, why is the man in the field? Is he, is he working in the field? Is he on a casual stroll through the field? Why is he coming upon a, a buried treasure in the field? Why is he digging in the field? Well, the text doesn't really tell us that. Or why is there treasure in the field at all? Well, that's a little bit easier to answer. It's because a hole in the ground was about as close as you could get to a bank at the time. They had these people called money changers that we hear about in Scripture, but the bank system that we know today wasn't in full effect like it was, or like it is now, it wasn't in full effect at that time. So after you had saved up your riches and your wealth, well, if you wanted to store it in a safe place, the best way to do it was 
go out into your field and dig a hole, put your, your wealth in there, and then cover that hole up, and then pray that you remember where that hole is. This person maybe did not remember where that hole was because somebody else found that treasure. So Jesus tells this story about the, the parable of the hidden treasure, and then very quickly he moves on to his second story, the, the parable of the pearl of great value. In this, you've got a, another man who decides he wants to, to find the most beautiful, perfect, and precious pearl. And so he goes out in search of this beautiful, perfect, and, and precious pearl, and he looks, and he looks, and he searches, and he searches, and he goes from place to place, and then eventually he finds it. He, founds, he finds this pearl, that, this singular pearl that he believes is, is beautiful and, and of the highest value. And so like the first man, he goes home, and he gathers all of his possessions, and he takes them out, and he sells them. Takes the money from all of his possessions that he just sold, and he goes back to the man who has the pearl, and he buys the one singular pearl. And that's all he has now, is this one pearl. Now, you can see that there are a lot of similarities between these, these two stories, um, but there are two differences that I think are very interesting and worth talking about. The first one we should know is the difference in the objects. What is it that the person desires? What is the object? In the first one, it's treasure. Treasure is something that is inarguably valuable. Nobody has ever found treasure and said, look at this treasure, it's worthless. No, it's treasure because it's treasure. It's probably some kind of currency. You know, when we, when we close our eyes and we picture treasure, you probably picture, you know, gold or silver coins or, or something along those lines, something that is inarguably valuable. Now, in the second parable, the object is different. The object is a pearl. Pearls are interesting because Pearls are a lot like my childhood collection of baseball cards. They are valuable simply because I say they are valuable. They don't have any like real function to them. They're very pretty. Um, they have a very cool story about how they're made, and, and that's, that's cool. But there's no function to them. They're valuable because we say that they are valuable. So there's a difference in the objects. There's also a difference in how the items are found. In the first story, it says that the man is out in the field and that he finds the object. It doesn't say that he was looking for it. It says that he finds it, not that he was looking for it. But the second parable starts off differently. You've got a man who very clearly is looking for a beautiful pearl. The difference here is the intentionality. The first man came upon the treasure. The second man very intentionally went and sought out that beautiful, perfect, and precious pearl. And when you think about these, these differences in the stories, you see this, this movement from something that is inarguably valuable to something that is arguably valuable, from treasure to pearls. You see this movement of somebody who uh, just happens upon uh, something that, that they want to a movement to somebody who is intentionally seeking this thing that they desire, this thing that they find to be arguably valuable. So why does Jesus tell this story? That's the earthly story, but what is the heavenly meaning behind this story? What is Jesus up to? What is, what is Jesus trying to shed light on when he tells this story? Now, when we hear these parables, we always give assignments, right? We always think like, oh, well, this person is this, this person is that, um, and we, we always have to put ourselves somewhere in the parable. We're somewhere in the parable. Jesus is somewhere in the parable. And oftentimes, when we're trying to make these assignments, human nature creeps in. And human nature makes us want to be the person. 
Human nature wants us to be the person. That's probably because, like, we are people. We identify with the person. It's hard to identify with, you know, hidden treasure or with pearls. And if that's the case, if, if we are the person in this story who goes and, and finds these things, then this becomes, this becomes a really easy sermon. This becomes a really quick sermon because it becomes this conversation about materialism and our possessions and our priorities, about how if we want to be wise, if we want to be like the wise men in the story, then we're going to take the things of this life the things of lesser value, we're going to sell them and we're going to take that money to acquire the things that are of much greater value. It becomes a very easy sermon. You want to hear that sermon? It's very quick. Y'all need to love your stuff less, you need to love your Jesus more, and we'll see you in heaven. Right? But that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not the, the point that Jesus is trying to make. Because remember, this, the whole thing starts with the kingdom of heaven is like this. It doesn't say that you are like this. It says that the kingdom of heaven is like this. If that were the case, this is all law, if we understand it that way. This is all law, because then it's all about what you do. It's all about what you need to do. And this is not about us. This is about the kingdom. This is about the king. This is about Jesus. This is not about what we need to do. This is a text that is about what Jesus has already done for us. And now, I think that there's, there's truth in that understanding, like, we do need to love our stuff less. We do need to love our Jesus more. But let's not make this about what we need to do, because Jesus is making it about what Jesus has already done for us. So let's reverse it. Let's, let's swap up the roles. Let's, I want to think specifically about the pearl of great value as we talk about this. Let's, let's think about this story. In the story, you've got a man. You've got Jesus. And Jesus, very intentionally, is on a search for pearls. He's looking for the most beautiful, perfect, and precious pearl. He's very intentionally looking. He's not just wandering around hoping to see, you know, what am I going to find today? He's intentionally on a search for a pearl. He's intentionally on a search for you. And as Jesus is searching and searching and searching, he finds the perfect and precious pearl. He finds the thing that is arguably valuable, and he gives it this assignment of immense and great value. He says, this thing that I have found is the most perfect and precious thing. This is of the most value. If I can have one thing, I just want to have this pearl. He says, if I can have one thing, I want to have you. And so he, he leaves the pearl there, but he, he goes back and he gathers all of his possessions. He sells them and he comes back so that way he can take the money and claim the pearl as his own. He pushes aside everything else. He pushes aside his spot at the right hand of the Father. He pushes aside his divinity. He comes down to earth. He dies on the cross so that way he can make the payment in order to claim you. Not because other people said that you were valuable, but because Jesus said that you were valuable. And so he intentionally went out looking for you because he valued you, because he loves you. Now, it might be a little bit strange because we went into this, you know, naturally thinking, I identify with the person in the story, but that's not who we are. That's not who you are. You're not the man in the story. And that, that's the good news in all of this. You're not the man in the story. You are the treasure. You are the pearl. And that's good news because that means that you are sought after. 
That means that you have been assigned an amazing and extremely high value. It means that you are loved. It means that Jesus will do anything that he has to in order to be able to claim each one of you as his own. So no, you are not the man. You are the treasure. You are the pearl. You are being sought after because you are valued and because you are loved. And Jesus is willing to do whatever it takes to make you his. And so this is the, the story of the, the hidden treasure in the field. This is the story of the parable of the pearl of great value. But more than that, this is the story of the cross. This is the story about how Jesus set everything else aside so he could intentionally seek you, so that he can make you his own because he values you and because he loves you. So having heard this, this good news proclaimed to us, let's turn to our God in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. You are a God who loves us. You are a God who values us so highly that you are willing to die on a cross in order to claim us as your own. We thank you for making us your prized possession above all other things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.